The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. We've all heard the story of Frankenstein. Frankenstein is a scientist who creates and brings to life a man-like monster, which eventually turns on him and destroys him. If you listen to this program, I'm sure you know our sky is no longer normal, although most people accept it. Did you know there is a new scientific term for the new sky and the 12 new types of clouds added to the cloud atlas? It's called Homo Mutatus Sky, Man-Made Sky, or shall we say, Franken-Skies. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fambergas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guest is Matt Landman, who grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., where he studied business and received a bachelor's degree in marketing management from Virginia Tech and an MBA with a focus on strategic sustainability from the University of California at Humboldt. After various career in business and finance, Matt left the corporate world to be an organic farmer, where he unknowingly had actually began his career as an activist, working outdoors and dependent upon the elements. Matt witnessed weather engineering in Northern California, as the region suffered from a historic and catastrophic drought, the realization that the weather was being manipulated via atmospheric aerosol dispersal changed Matt's life forever, as he inevitably decided to devote his existence to exposing the hidden agenda in 2015. Since his commitment, Matt hosted the first annual Global Cam Trail Summit in Vancouver, Canada. In June of 2017, Matt released the groundbreaking documentary, Frank and Skies, and has since been promoting the exposure of the film and working on the film's sequel. Matt will be hosting the third annual Global Chemtrail Summit in Tucson, Arizona, right here in my town in May of 2018, which is a fitting location considering the public launch of solar engineering chemtrails as a solution to global warming. Matt continues to inspire others to bring awareness to geoengineering where many feel much scrutiny and transparency is needed and has many websites, and they're all listed at VeritasRadio.com. Matt joins us directly from Sedona, Arizona. Hello, Matt, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the introduction. My pleasure. Matt, let's begin with a very similar background in a way. I went to school, studied business, went to the corporate world, and all of a sudden, we all become activists in a way. What's aside from what you saw, what triggered you to become an activist? Well, you know, basically it was the world that we live in. Um, but my specific journey is when I was farming in Northern California. Um, like you said in my introduction, I got out of school, I got an MBA, and I thought I was going to be working in the corporate world. I worked in finance after graduating, and then finally I had an opportunity to work on an organic farm. And I learned so much on that farm. I was um, I would say 34 years old, and I swear I did not realize that a potato in the ground would actually grow potatoes. I'd gone through so many layers of indoctrination that I didn't know anything about nature. And so when I learned all these different details about how to grow and how to be sustainable and how to 
really live in the real world, I started um, listening to my senses and started looking up and realizing things weren't the way they should be. And what I really witnessed was this drought causation. I witnessed weather manipulation firsthand. And that really made me start to think that if the drought was being caused and so many people didn't know about this topic at all. And when I delved into it, the scariest portion of it for me was that literally nobody knew such a small fragment of the demographic of, of the overall population even knew about chemtrails or knew about geoengineering. And most of those people knew that it didn't exist. They had been programmed to demonize people who use the word chemtrails. So once I realized that that was fact, I had to devote my existence to it to get the word out because I, f I feel like the one person can make a difference. Absolutely. And just a, a few days ago, this is just a quick parenthesis, William Felderhoff, uh, one of our guests here on the radio program, he's a former pilot for KLM who was in this radio program. He forwarded a recent uh, audio from an air traffic controller where the tower tells an aircraft, you have some chemtrail left of your wing. I've never seen it so, so low. That's what she said. And the pilot asked her to repeat and she said it again by name chemtrails left of your wing. Have you heard that audio? Yes, I have. Um, I don't mean to gloat, but if it's if it's been chemtrail related, it's it's come across my desk. Um, I Ever since I literally devoted my life to exposing and stopping this treason in our skies, which was three years ago, every single day it's it's something and I'm learning and I'm growing more and more. So the, the activist who first brought that to my attention, um, has a website called StopSprayingUs.com. His name is Patrick Roddy. He spoke at an EPA hearing a couple years back in Washington, D.C., exposing the barium salts especially that are sprayed in the atmosphere for experimentation and weather modification and what have you. But yeah, I, I highly recommend his website, StopSprayingUs.com. Patrick Roddy, he, he did a whole article on that maybe a year and a half ago when that audio first came out. And what's so daunting about that is they're talking about only one wing. When, when there's a malfunction and only one wing or one engine is being affected, that is that has got to be a wake-up call for people when they see that. Also, Patrick Roddy, um, who is an amazing speaker, he will be speaking at my event um, at the Global Chemtrail Summit or the Global Summit to Stop Geoengineering is the new title um, on May 12th at the Gallagher Theater at the university. So come and meet him there if you like. Oh, I'll make sure that I'll be there. I hardly go to conferences these days, but if you're in Tucson and this is a, a topic very close to my heart, I, I, can, I will be there myself as well to meet you and, and everybody else. Now, before we begin... I want to discuss a short video you sent me a few days ago about the rollout of 5G. I believe it was the chief of the FCC who said this. Millions of products will be connected from pill bottles to water. All areas, including rural, saturated with radiation. The biggest Internet of Things is yet to be imagined. What's your take on that? Uh, my, my, my take on that, brother, is that that video um, put a knot in my stomach for over 24 hours. Um, I sent that video over to you and everybody that I know, and then I couldn't sleep. The, the, the man seemed completely evil, focusing on money over human health. And he even says in that short four-minute video that you can find on my YouTube page, Matt Landman, he says in that short video, he says, 
that um, research good. Yes, he says researching human health is not part of their primary agenda. It's innovation and learning how to um, manipulate microwave frequencies for their advantage. But really, the darkness in his eyes when he's gnashing his teeth talking about money. I could go on. I could do this whole show on 5G. And Tucson, unfortunately, is one of the first cities to launch 5G. And Arizona, particularly, is the first state that claims they will go statewide 5G. The most important takeaway for 5G, um, for anybody listening, and please spread this um, far and wide, the thing about microwaves of this intensity and size, okay, we're talking about one millimeter in width size waves. These are the same waves that you're, um, that you're uh, targeted with when you go through the body scanner at the TSA at the airport. These one millimeter waves, they're, they're really, they're, they're harmful, yes. They split cells. They, they literally microwave your body. They can cause tumors and cancer and all this stuff. They're really harmful. But the, the most impactful, harmful thing that they, these microwaves, this 5G technology is, it's, it's so harmful to infants. And in particular, it's especially harmful to fetuses, babies growing in, um, pregnant mom's stomachs. And so when fetuses are really small and they're being bombarded with these microwaves, they are deformed to the point that they cannot grow eggs. So once 5G is launched, especially nationwide, we will have a nationwide generation of women that cannot have children. Okay. So this is like a, it's a slow kill. Right. There's been memos released that we're in the midst of World War Three, but World War Three is actually a quiet war. That's what the frequency control with the 5G, the smart meter, smart grid and the chemtrail correlation, which I'll be talking about in my second film when I d delve into frequency. This quiet war is a target on the next generation. OK, we won't see the impacts as bad as the next round of children. And when they come, they will be infertile. We cannot let the next generation of humans not be able to populate because that's part of the transhumanism AI agenda where they're going to pitch through the control media that people will have the opportunity to live forever to save humanity. And by doing so, they'll convince people that they need to get implants and become part cyborg. And literally, humanity's destiny is on the verge of being completely hijacked by a very small group of evil people. Well, many years ago, Barry Trower, I don't know if you know who he is from England, former intelligence, he told me that this is causing already years ago, Wi-Fi in schools is causing infertility. And it's it's really, really dampening you know, what's happening with, with little girls. But this man, and this is the FCC chair, Tom Wheeler, giving the remarks in the at the National Press Club talking about the uh, 5G networks. He said, as you very well said, this is very, very prof profitable for the United States and nobody's going to get in the middle of it. And this is damn good. I mean, folks, I'm a capitalist, but when it comes to taking health, I always put health and the and the benefit of our future generations before anything else. And this is just absolutely preposterous. 
Thank you, brother. And you're absolutely correct. And yes, Barry Trower, he's amazing. If I can get the money together, I'd love to have him flown in for the summit in Tucson on May 12th. I'm already flying in an activist from Dublin and the crowdfund that I've launched under GoFundMe. It's at GoFundMe.com slash Stop Geoengineering. And then you can find it through my website, StopGeoengineeringTucson.com. But yes, I, Barry Trower will be in my sequel, um, my next film. And what's amazing about his credibility is he worked for the British Central Intelligence Agency. He is in the know. And he knows all about that 5G microwave frequency technology and the impact on human health. What's especially interesting is if you look into um, the USSR and Russia in the 80s and even 70s, they researched this technology and released a lot of very informative documentations and research studies, double-blind research studies with humans and everything. And they determined that this microwave technology is very, very harmful. Did I hear from him also that this there was an exchange between the embassies and some cancers came along? And remember a few months ago in Cuba, some of the U.S. Uh, diplomats suffered permanent uh, uh, hearing loss and they were blaming it as some kind of technology. The Cuban government denies that they had any involvement. Who knows if some of these people are being used as guinea pigs? I saw that headline and and that was... That was um, it was helpful for the world to see the headline that that the accusations were there to so for people to realize that that technology does exist. You know, Matt, sometimes I wonder, you know how the president does not have the security clearance to access a lot of information. And I wonder if any president has asked and has been denied the information about chemtrails. What branch of the government do you think is behind this? Well, I think that the presidents have got to be in the know because with just a little research, I've been able to find a staggering amount of information. The Department of Energy, shockingly enough, is a huge player in all of this. What was an interesting part of my evolution as an activist is I got caught up in this duality that most people get caught up in, this polarized argument over the terminology, chemtrails or geoengineering. Okay. And so you get stuck with researching those two terms. I even went and did an alert so that every single day, Google would send me an email with all of the articles that were got released that day that used the word chemtrails, geoengineering, and solar geoengineering. Okay. I thought I was being creative. I thought I was being smart. I thought I was smart for knowing the word geoengineering. Okay. All the while, the Department of Energy is releasing staggering amounts of information and articles and publications, the most daunting one to research, to look up on your own, is the tropospheric aerosol program from the Department of Energy, okay? This document is 99 pages. It does not use the word chemtrails. It does not use the word geoengineering. They're very smart. They know exactly what they're doing. They control the media. They control the polarized argument. They even control most of the activist community. I mean, they've got the money. Okay, and what it is is in 2001, the tropospheric aerosol program. Mind you, 2001 is when 9/11 happened, so a lot of people weren't thinking about airplanes spraying chemicals. They were thinking about terrorism, you know, and invasion of other countries. And they were very much stricken in this fear frequency. Nobody was waking up at this juncture. And what happened was in 2001 is 
the tropospheric aerosol program, you can look it up, tropospheric aerosol program, Department of Energy PDF. If you search that term, you will have a document that will blow your mind. And in the document, one thing that's amazing that they talk about are precursor gases. They have planes releasing precursor gases. So I've learned through this document that even contrails nowadays with the new engines, the new high bypass turbofan jet engines, they release cooled down air from the jet engines. When you see jets flying, airplanes flying back and forth with no nothing coming out of the back of the plane, that's normal. When you see what we've been conditioned and indoctrinated and programmed to believing is a contrail, that is a precursor gas. It's usually barium salts, but it's it's basically they're making a soup up there and they have to put up the base before they spray the other chemicals to mix with those chemicals. So first they come along and spray some more transparent chemicals and tell us those are contrails, right? So we're already out of the loop when we think that we're making an educated, informed argument from our internet research talking about what a contrail is and and the conditions at which a contrail may even exist. There are no conditions for a contrail to exist anymore with the new with the engines that exist at modern day. So in this document, Tropospheric Aerosol Program, the Department of Energy they seem to be completely in charge of the whole thing. They grid the skies over Nashville, Tennessee with various chemicals. They put up research drones and balloons to monitor the plumes. This is all in 2001, and the document literally outlines all of it. The budget, they they commit millions of dollars towards risk um, mitigation and making sure they don't get caught. They literally put money towards making sure they don't get caught. And all the while, the, if you look up another term, civil society actors, there's these civil society actors meetings in Washington, D.C. And what these people are, are they're they are actors in society. If you look up the term, it says non-governmental participants that manifest the will of the public. That is the definition of these actors in society. They're manifesting the will of the public by basically building our mental constructs and steering our opinions, shaping and forming our tastes, our opinions, our everything through the media, through the television mind control device with the talking heads. You know, a lot of people don't know about the consolidation of media. 90% of all of the media, every publication on earth is owned now by six companies. This wasn't like that when we were children. We actually had trusted news sources, but now they've all been consolidated. They've all been bought up. So sorry, perhaps even less, because I think Disney's merging with Fox. <laughs> yeah, perhaps even less. So at this juncture of humanity, we we have this attack on discernment where we don't even where anytime any truth comes out, there's the exact opposite a bombardment of the exact opposite online and through all the media coverage that the people don't even know what to think or how to think or how to even think how to think, you know? So the Department of Energy, they not only formed the tropospheric aerosol program, released the budget and the budget of the 2002, 2003, and it's millions and millions of dollars. But if you really look into it and think about it from a very logical perspective, there was a booming solar energy revolution. Okay, and the coal and oil evil scumbags of this planet, they probably were a little bit concerned. But blocking out the sun, 
that's a pretty easy solution for their problem that they were being faced with. So not only did they form this program through the through um, the U.S. Air Force and what have you, but after 9-11, which was the perfectly timed year for them to launch this program, after 9-11, half of the expenditures out of Congress went black ops. So people, the, the con- congressional members are signing these checks that are special ops, black ops, dark projects. They don't even know where the money is going. Not to mention you've got agencies like NASA. So you're sorry, brother, but you're, the answer to your question is very lengthy. It's NASA. It's the Department of Energy. It's, it's the U.S. Air Force. It's all of these. It's the even there's so many departments involved. But NASA alone, they have a budget of $52 million per day. And NASA was formed by Nazi war criminals brought over in a thing called Operation Operation Paperclip. Exactly. Like if if you trust everything that comes out of NASA, you're 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 not considering the facts of who these people are and and what what they're pulling off. It's very, very dark. But NASA has a program called CARE, C-A-R-E. This is the charged aerosol release experiment. It is ongoing. They publicly have a fleet of planes, a fleet of drones, and they publicly spray aluminum, barium, strontium in the atmosphere to make, quote, noctilucent clouds, also known as iridescent clouds. They make these fake ionized radioactive clouds by mixing chemicals in the atmosphere. There's a NASA quote from one of these presentations they gave on this topic, and they're quoted even on a, a slide in the PowerPoint, it says they will be using the atmosphere as a laboratory. That's a NASA quote. So with NASA having this unlimited budget and all this, I mean, not unlimited budget, $52 million a day. And with with all of these trillions of dollars becoming missing at the Pentagon, and then you've got the Department of Energy in on it, and then come to, fly, come to find out this coal fly ash um, interaction here, so I'm almost done with this rant, and, and thank you very much for listening. Oh, that's okay. So the Department of Energy, they also have, when they burn their coal at coal-burning power plants, there is this byproduct called coal fly ash. It's the soot when they filter the smoke coming out of the smokestacks. So they have to have a filtration method. Otherwise, the smoke coming out would be really, really black and dark and, and bad. So they filter out these nanoparticulates, this dust. They filter out the smog dust from the smokestacks, and that's called coal fly ash. It's nanoparticulate, all sorts of bad stuff from burning coal. It includes cadmium, strontium, titanium, barium, aluminum, all these nanoparticulates that are patented for the geoengineering weather modification programs. Also... Same chemical compositions that are coming up after heavy spray days when people get curious and test their rainwater. Same chemicals that are coming up in the soil, making the soil too alkaline and causing these tree die-offs because the trees can't absorb water properly because of the high levels of aluminum in the soil. There's even studies on lichens, and the lichens are breathing in too much aluminum. Nobody knows where this aluminum is coming from. I'll tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from the coal power plants. And they're, they're taking that nanoparticulate um, sludge 
and they take it right on trains directly to Air Force bases. I've done presentations and in various cities, and I've had people stand up telling me that they know the direct routes of the trains going directly from the power plants to the Air Force bases, and even companies have been called out following the money, this and that. It's it's very, very intricate. And then lastly, there's even been claims by activists recently that moisture plumes being released at timely opportunities from all of these different power plants, these power plant network across the United States, that these moisture plumes are actually being used to fuel storms. For instance, Hurricane Harvey left Houston and it went and refueled three times from gigantic moisture plumes being released from power plants. It's it's very interesting to see the interconnection of the Department of Energy and how if you really want to point a finger at an agency – it's really easy to start with them. Let me interject here for a moment regarding what you just said about the moisture that's being released from these plants. Because as, as you said, I saw the satellite imagery of these, you know, plumes of, of moisture coming up and just letting the, the uh, hurricane stay there. But the same thing happens if you look in the west coast of Africa. If you look at the time when Hurricane Maria that hit Puerto Rico and before that Irma, you take a look at these islands that are very close to the western side of Africa, and you see these plumes that come up all the time. It makes you wonder if they have some kind of facilities over there, because it's such a, it is such a centralized location where there's a lot of moisture. But when you increase it even more, and perhaps even steer it, like some people comment that hurricane, what was the number, the one that hit New Orleans? Katrina. Katrina. So it well, can be. I can speak to the Katrina because there is a program. There's so many different programs. Once you start researching this, as you can see, brother, with my film, thank you so much for watching Frank and Scott. Oh, yeah. Um, as you can see, once you start peeling back layers of this onion, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. I never thought that the prod, that this program would have gone all the way back into the 30s, into the 20s. I never thought that they would be trying to normalize and legitimize the program now. I thought my entire life would be devoted to trying to tell people that chemtrails were real, not that they're now launching it as a curative to global warming and they want to launch full-scale deployment and spray the skies everywhere all the time. Um, for Katrina, there was a program being launched called HAMP, the Hurricane Atmospheric Modification Program. And the idea was that the approaching Hurricane Katrina, they wanted to spray black carbon soot. They wanted to spray, spray carbon into it, aerosolized carbon. Um, thinking, they claimed, they thought that it would make the hurricane, uh, dissipate and make the storm smaller. Well, it did the opposite. It made the storm extremely large and it, 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 it killed a lot of people and flooded, you know, you know the story. So yeah, there's, there's a program behind almost all of it. Um, people that don't know the beginnings of it all, all the way back to, um, 1912, I believe it was, there was this professor Hatfield and he was hired by the city of San Diego to see if he could cure the drought. And he built a tower. 30 feet tall, went up and sprayed a chemical concoction in the sky thinking he could make it rain. And in 19, did I say 1912? I think it's 1913. Um, but either way, is around 1910. 
And he made it flood and bursted the dams of San Diego. He was blamed for the flood, blamed for these bursting dams. And all he did was experiment with cloud seeding, spraying silver dust into the atmosphere. Once you start learning how easy it is and how much it's been researched, it gets really hard to deny that the weather is being controlled. And then when you see forest fires and drought and all these catastrophes, you have got to ask yourself, why aren't they even talking about making it rain? Exactly. If they could make it rain a hundred years ago, just by spraying a certain thing in the atmosphere. See, what happens is if you spray aluminum in the atmosphere, this is what I witnessed on the farm. And this is what got me so curious is I saw enormous storm patterns come in off of the Pacific Ocean. This is before they were perfectly steering the jet stream. Now the jet stream now they have created a high-pressure bubble off the coast of California. And you can create high-pressure bubbles by superheating the atmosphere. This is through Tesla technology. I'm sure you know about HARP. But now there's these ionospheric heaters that are placed all over the globe. And by directionalizing frequency, um, the ability is to superheat the upper atmosphere, causing an upward draft, causing a high-pressure bubble. So if you create these high-pressure bubbles, you can steer around the jet stream. So with the help of, of laying out the nanoparticulate metallics, they superheat the atmosphere over the coast of California, create this high-pressure bubble, and now the bubble is in place so well and they can superheat it all the time because they have these mobile ionospheric nextrad stations and and their fancy technology has been shrunk down. They don't just have their large antenna array in Alaska, you know. Now the jet stream, it, it doesn't go to California. It's, it hits the high pressure bubble. It's steered north and it goes up around northern, um, pardon me, up around uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. So the entire United States is basically, the entire west coast of the United States is basically being subjected to drought. This is the Pacific Northwest where they're used to every year getting a seasonal deluge of rain for four straight months. There's 2,000-year-old redwood trees that have gotten a seasonal deluge every single year. And now we're messing with it and we're causing bee colony collapse disorder and all this. But what I witnessed was before they were so good at steering the jet stream, um, back when I was working on that farm, I witnessed these these this very big storm come in, dark cumulo clouds, these dark storm clouds. And what happened was these planes came out of the blue, 12 planes. And I'm a statistics, you know, I, I got an MBA. I studied statistics. I'm, I've, I've worked in finance for over a decade. Um, I'm really good at numbers and algorithms and stocks and derivatives and all this stuff. This is all this past life of mine before, before being an activist. But what I've learned is you can't deny statistics. And when you're outside every single day and you see one plane a day and then all of a sudden you see 20 planes show up and they grid the sky with persistent linear cirrus clouds on the edge of a storm, you can't help but at least start to wonder what, what that was. And that's what happened with me. I, I, I had a seed planted in my head and a couple of months later someone basically helped that seed blossom into an activist. But what I witnessed was aerosolized aluminum being sprayed. If you spray aluminum, you can dissipate moisture and it won't fall. If you spray silver, the the water comes together and it falls out of the sky. It's actually very simple. So there's no reason, absolutely no reason why these fires 
that happened in California last year could should have prolonged as they did or anywhere else in the world. Pretty much, we have the technology to create the rain. We have the technology to take out the rain. What a great weapon of war. And I wonder this because many people say and they ask me, do you think this is a U.S. operation? Could it be NATO? It's obviously above government because it's happening worldwide. I used to think it was NATO, but it's happening in Mexico. And Mexico is not part of NATO. So who is doing this? And is there a country where this is not happening? Um, I've I've had this question before. And, you know, um, today... Um, so like I said earlier, I have alerts in my email and every day I get alerted when the word geoengineering or chemtrails or solar geoengineering are used on the Internet. And today um, I was informed that China released a study. Um, I have it. I can pull it up. The, so this is um, February 12th. So a few days ago. And now that it was released today on the February 15th, 2018, it is a tropospheric atmospheric circulation response to the G1 sunshade geoengineering radiative forcing experiment. China just did a sunshade geoengineering radiative forcing experiment. So, so China just had an experiment similar to the experiment that is going to happen in Tucson. That is the reason for my conference and then protests following, and then we're ultimately going to have a protest of their experiment because what they're doing is they're claiming that they have not been spraying the skies, but they're now saying that the spraying of the skies is the solution that they have for global warming, and first they need to do their experiment, and if the experiment works, then they want to launch full-scale deployment. Full-scale deployment they are terming a Mount Pinatubo effect. Mount Pinatubo was a volcano that erupted in the Philippines in 1991. All of this dust went in the atmosphere, sulfuric dust from the volcanic eruption. Science claims that because of all the dust in the atmosphere, the global mean temperature declined because the, the sunlight was bounced back in the, into space and the sky was dimmed temporarily. And the claim is that the global mean temperature decli declined one degree Celsius. So if their experiment in Tucson goes well and they say, look, we were able to block out your sun with these chemicals, they want to go ahead and launch full-scale deployment because they claim no experiment will work unless it's all over the globe all at once. Okay, so China just had their similar experiment. And considering the Rothschild banks and the military industrial complex that's not just military and, and industry anymore they've merged with everything the 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 education system it's it's all one big mess of of a rogue element there's a rogue treasonous element that is the shadow government not just in the united states that is controlling almost every single country they're so, the hydra Exactly. So Iran, I do know Iran, for instance. So really the question that you've asked, I think, comes down to what countries don't have a Rothschild central bank, because those are the countries that aren't spraying their own people with nanoparticulate, uh, aluminum, barium, strontium, and then possible biological experiments and synthetic biology and all this stuff. So the countries that didn't have 
Rothschild banks were Libya, were Saudi Arabia, were Syria. Saudi Arabia? Oh, I'm sorry. Iraq. Okay. <laughs> Cuba and North Korea. So, um, and, and then North Korea, right? And then Iran. And these, oh, and maybe is it um, Ecuador? Is that right? So the, the Syria, Iraq, um, Libya, they're out of the question now. So now they spray. Um, and now Iran is being targeted with, with weather manipulation and, and drought. And, and war. And, and war. So I, I believe that the people over Iran, they're subject to it. And even in the, my film, Frankenskies, um, the president, Ahmadinejad, he says that his clouds are being drained before they get to his country via weather engineering. I'm going to so, tell you this, Matt, I don't mean to interrupt you, but years ago when I noticed that this is flying above Mexico, I was sitting on the beach there and I would see one lonely plane come and then start spraying and then would leave the town demarcation and stop spraying, you know, the whole tic-tac-toe. And I decided to call somebody in the Mexican Air Force and I did. And they passed me to somebody who said to me, those planes are not ours. And those we, that's all we can say about it. And I was wondering if it's not yours and they're flying above your sovereign airspace without any permission, how is this allowed? And what came to mind was perhaps this chemtrail operation is told to all these government leaders, if you don't allow us, you're going to get drought. You're going to get a lot of other stuff happening to you. So leave us alone. Let us continue unimpeded and you'll be fine. What do you think? I believe it, and and that's why um, certain countries get hit with these earthquakes, and certain countries get their weather manipulated, and certain don't. But the thing is, is the United States attacks itself, so that's <laughs> that's pretty sad. Well, that's true. If it's happening here, then isn't this falling on top of the? children of the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, but at the same time, you hear of beeology, like bees, beeology, these bees that are genetically modifying their, they, uh, they can uh, uh, pollinate Monsanto crops, they're resistant to pesticides. So wouldn't all these elite have something that would counter all the stuff that's falling on top of us? Exactly. And, um, <clears throat> It's interesting because going on these different shows and doing a lot of grassroots activism, um, people, they want to know the who, what, why, where, when, how. And these questions, they pop up a lot. And on the last show that I that I went on, the host was informed that there's the potential for these um, basically a nanobot serum, like an antidote, that the elites, they know exactly what's being sprayed and they have a, a homeopathic remedy type thing. Um, that can just expel the nanobots and they, they're not affected by it at all. So I thought it was a possibility. It's very, very feasible. Now, I never considered what you said about the connection to eradicate the solar industry by creating artificial clouds, then block the sun. And who benefits? Oil and coal. And folks, it's legal to spray chemical and biological warfare on a civilian population as long as you call it research. Isn't that right? Yes, and, and, and that alone is, is very upsetting. In the film, in my film Frankenskies, there's excerpts from a St. Louis experiment where radioactive cadmium was sprayed on certain neighborhoods, 
primarily minority populations, primarily children, okay, um, of St. Louis. And these people were sprayed to see what would happen, to see how many of them got cancer, just to study the impacts. The most staggering portion of that to me was that it wasn't just sprayed from planes. They outfit sprayers on rooftops, and they even outfit station wagons and went through the city spraying children with radioactive cadmium. The U.S. Air Force under the guise of research. There's there's so many different things that I've come across in the headlines recently under the guise of research, such as genetically modified mosquitoes or even the ability for neurotoxins to be sprayed to kill mosquitoes, such as um, the neurotoxin um, in Miami that was sprayed, NALED, N-A-L-E-D, to combat the Zika virus. All of these are very harmful. NALED, one of the side effects, if you happen to be walking down the street when the truck goes by that sprays you at ground level, one of the side effects for NALED is instant brain damage, instantly becoming mentally challenged from something the government is basically testing. Well, I remember growing up in Puerto Rico, we had dengue over there. And every day during the dengue season, every single day, I would remember this green pickup truck passing by about three, four o'clock in the afternoon, spraying. And every single day I would get a headache. And I would tell my parents, this thing, and I was like a little kid, this cannot be good. And then it became illegal it became outlawed years later, but imagine how many people fell victim of that. And also in Puerto Rico, if, in case people don't know, they use Agent Orange in the in the rainforest. They put a metal pole in the middle of a city with radiation. It was emanating radiation, and the test was to see how far the radiation would go, and they would detect how far the cancer would spread. So those of you who are listening from Puerto Rico, and I know there's plenty of you, I hate to say this, but... It's a laboratory. You're a Hurricane Maria. There are many, many signs that that was a genetically modified hurricane. What do you think about Hurricane Maria? Um, it's it's really sad, brother. And and your story of when you were a child, um, it really it really kind of it really gets to me with the children, man. You know, like these kids, people are are. Are, they're helpless, you know, and we've been conditioned that we have to trust authority, right? I have this quote that I like to rattle off, but it's right now it just seems appropriate. You can either take authority as the truth or you can take truth as the authority. And ultimately the choice is yours, you know, and and for the for the trucks that are going down the sp- the streets and spraying the children in the neighborhoods, that's treason. That is criminal, you know, and we have to get to a point where we stand up for ourselves and we don't let this stuff happen anymore because it's only getting worse. The The, the 5G, how they claim that they don't have to do testing on human health, that they're just concerned with money. Okay. Yes, Hurricane Maria was engineered 
and it was steered and it was targeted on the Puerto Rico, the people of Puerto Rico. And it was very, very sad, especially the relief efforts. And I mean, not especially all of it. All of it is really, really heartbreaking and sad. And to see all of the corruption and greed that goes into it, it's just it's just heartbreaking. You know, I really hope that we can create a future for the next generation where these these are all lessons that we learned as a species and that we move past all of this because the the thing about these corporations and these industries and these governments that somehow feel that they're above the moral law they're above god's law they're above our sovereignty they're they're incorrect first of all and when we come to the full realization that we're above them each and every one of us that's where our true power lies so no, either way. I but by little, the way, little. this is what I've been told. Whether it's true or not, take it as you know. I'm just giving it to you at cost. But I was told that Hurricane Irma was a warning to Puerto Rico. That's why it just rubbed the north side of the island. And even though it left it without power for a few days, it was a warning. Puerto Rico has over seventy-two billion dollars of debt to these bondholders, and they were told they were asked, "So are you going to pay or not?" And they said, "No, we can't." Okay, well. They unleashed Maria. And now the bondholders apparently will be able to get a lot of that money in insurance premiums. So a lot of the disasters, disaster capitalism, a lot of these millions of dollars that were going down there, people are not getting a fraction of that. Where is that money going to? So I think now you have your answer, folks. Well, and another thing that's um, especially heart-wrenching is these are real estate deals, brother. They're yep. real estate deals by very rich, evil, I don't even want to call them people. But what they do is they figure out what they want to buy. And then instead of going in and paying full price for it, they destroy it. And then they go and take people's homes and businesses for pennies. Oh, a fraction of the population, or not a fraction, i.e. a large percentage of the population is leaving. Because they can go back. There's no electricity in most of the island still over, you know, 180 days after. So these people know it's a beautiful island surrounded by beautiful ocean. And if a lot of the people leave and leave those the land and lots behind, well, who cares? They're not even there. Take them. So when David Keith says that aluminum, aluminum is cheap, is it as cheap as the fluoride, which is also a waste byproduct of the aluminum industry? And it's too expensive to discard. And that's why it's used in many products and many water supplies. Where is the aluminum coming from? Could it be from industrial plants that just give it away to avoid having to properly dispose of it? Um, exactly. That's exactly true. And, and like I said before, it comes also from the burning of coal. It's a byproduct that the, the coal industry, it should be putting it in these gigantic bladders and burying it underground. It needs to be disposed of and disposed of properly because it's toxic. But instead, it's being sprayed on us and our children through this agenda that's unfolding. And, and I'm glad you brought up fluoride. Okay, so, so fluoride, it's a neurotoxin. 
Fluoride can cross your blood-brain barrier and go straight into your brain. Fluoride is in a lot of toothpastes. It's also in drinking water. And when you go to the store and you buy a tea or a kombucha or some sort of drink, it says on there filtered water. Filtered water, if it's coming from a place that has fluoride, you're drinking fluoride. So be aware of what you are consuming. Reverse osmosis can remove most of the fluoride. So get your water. Make sure it's reverse osmosis. Do not drink tap water, especially if your tap water has fluoride in it. Now, reducing your exposure to fluoride it seems like, oh, yeah, you, you know, I, I do this, I do that, but, you know, I don't pay attention to my toothpaste or whatever. It's so incredibly important because it's part of their agenda. Fluoride is, like I said, a neurotoxin that crosses your blood-brain barrier, goes straight into your brain. And sublingually, you're absorbing that every time you – I'm so glad that you're talking health because you and I have that similarity too. We bring health. So feel free to bring up stuff that you find useful in order to get rid of these neurotoxins, metals, and, and, and the rest of them. Of course. And even on my page, I have a website, actualactivists.com. On there, I talk about fluoride. I also talk about health. I also talk about um, the geoengineering chemtrails and vaccines and um, GMOs. So the fluoride being able to pass your blood-brain barrier, it's immensely important because of how it interacts with aluminum. So we're being exposed to aluminum. It's in a lot of our foods. It's in our air. We are breathing in aluminum. It is in our air. They are spraying most of us with it almost every single day nowadays after Trump came into presidency the increase in spraying has skyrocketed exponentially according to what I've witnessed and according to the group of 26,000 activists that I interact with on Facebook I've got a lot of activists that we, and we're all on the same page so you've got it coming in your deodorant this aluminum it's in the food it's in the air it's in the vaccines please avoid vaccines do not get the flu shot for the love of God. Okay, so what happens when you have this aluminum in your blood, you can detox from it. Okay, you can chelate, you can, um, there's a zeolite is a, a clay that removes these heavy metals from your body. You can also chelate with oregano oil and, um, sorry, corella, spirulina, um, cilantro, you know. There's a lot of ways to help get it out of your blood, right? So no big deal. But if you are adding fluoride to the mix, the fluoride will take the aluminum and bring it to your brain. Aluminum cannot cross that blood-brain barrier on its own, okay? But with the help of EMF, escalated levels of EMF radiation from smart meters, from 5G cell phones, from the Internet of Things, from 5G cell towers, from these small cells, small cell towers they're putting up in cities across North America. The EMF radiation, it breaks down your blood-brain barrier, and with enough EMF radiation, the aluminum will get into your brain without the fluoride. But with fluoride, with avoiding it, you can avoid fluoride escorting the aluminum to your brain, and then with the fluoride aluminum in your brain, it causes a chemical reaction, and these small explosions occur in your <laughs> brain because of the mixing of these two chemicals in your brain, and this is what's causing Alzheimer's and dementia. Dementia is now the number one cause of death 
in the United Kingdom. Okay, this has never been this way. It's always been heart disease, cancer, stuff like that. Dementia is now skyrocketing as the number one cause of death on this planet. It's because of the aluminum agenda. And young people, young people in their 20s are developing Alzheimer's in Australia and even in the United States. Yes, I saw that. And that's it's it's really frightening to think of if they are able to launch their full scale deployment and they don't take into consideration the human health impacts, the right that we, we have a human right to a healthy environment. We also have a human right to say in environmental decision making. If these things are not taken into consideration and full scale deployment, this Mount Pinatubo effect that David Keith and um, his Harvard Illumin, like it's, it's primarily just this small group. It's called the Royal Society. It's Bill Gates. It's Warren Buffett. It's just a small gl- group of globalists. David Keith gets his funding directly from Bill Gates. Bill Gates if you don't know much about him, he pushes this vaccine agenda and he, he claims that we should have a much lower population on Earth. He's the richest person on Earth as well. Yeah, Planned Parenthood too. And by the way, speaking of aluminum and deodorants, I met an experiment years ago and I stopped using aluminum deodorant. Then I decided to use it once again just to test it. And folks, you have no idea how sick I felt. Obviously, your armpits absorb the aluminum. And by the way, this is especially for women. Most of the breast cancer begins very close to your armpits. So there's, I'm not a doctor, so don't take my word for it, but I've spoken to other people who, who are doctors. And there is also breast cancer for men. So watch it. Same thing with the fluoride in your toothpaste. If you have the availability out there now to buy a non-fluoridated toothpaste, do it. You will start finding yourself thinking clearly. And you you should wonder, why is this stuff out there? What is the end game? First of all, with chemtrails, I think the end game is to block the sun, to reduce the population, to dumb us down, to increase the profits of big pharma, the government, uh, agribusiness. What else, in your opinion? Oh, wow. That's a good list. Um, okay. I think that there are so many levels to it. I think that one is actually, um, and we can just touch upon this because, because, you know, I don't know about your listeners and, and what have you. I think it's very spiritual. I think it has to do with controlling the destiny of humanity. I believe that, um, that, that we as a species, we're, we're slowly evolving, you know, and we're going to reach a stage of humanity that is utopia where we're all elevating our consciousness and we're all on a high vibration together, right? And the powers that be, they don't want our unity. They don't want our happiness. They want control through fear. So if they can get control of our sunlight and everyone is vitamin D deficient and doesn't have this connection with the sun – then they feel like that they can push this transhumanism agenda where people will be more focused on becoming cyborgs. There's a very, very interesting correlation to the spraying, the frequency control, and this agenda that seems to be being pushed full steam ahead that wants to tell us that we do not have a soul and wants to tell us that we – 
are the generation that can live forever by becoming robotic. Well, think about it, folks. If it's progressively and cumulatively making you feel worse and worse, and you don't know what it is, nobody's really, the majority of the people are so obedient, and I don't mean to be condescending, but folks, you know it's the truth. You try to point at the sky to most people, and they say, that's a that's a condescension trail, Mel. Please, just take off your tinfoil hat. And you just continue with your own private research. And this is why people listen to us. They do it in private because they they feel shunned sometimes by society. But when you have all this stuff happening out there and you see the future that we have, a lot of people are going to, are going to embrace singularity, transhumanism, thinking, well, this makes me feel better. People without their cell phones, a lot of children without their cell phones, their smartphones, they become completely, they go psychotic sometimes. So when you merge technology with with carbon, with us, that's the next step, in my opinion. And it's very true. And well, the thing about people that get upset when they're not around their phones is I've learned a lot about these patents and the EMF coming off, the, the microwave radiation coming off of cell phones nowadays and the screens on the phones, the screens on the laptops, they are patented and meant to be addictive, okay? Yeah. You, can, you can oscillate the rate at which a screen flashes, but instead they don't. You could make the, the backlighting of a laptop, a computer screen, you can make the backlighting not blue. But instead, it is blue, which is completely harmful to uh, maturing eyes. There is research studies saying that this next generation that's growing up glued to iPads, glued to these screens, this next generation of children will be blind by the time they reach their 40s and 50s. Okay, so it's this attack on I mean, so not only are these things addictive, but they're actually harmful to human health. And once we have all these different issues coming up, as we already do, but as people, like you said, become less healthy and more prone to all these problems, they're going to look for a way out, a a way to desensitize. And that is the transhumanism, the transhumanism agenda. Mel, brother. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I lost you just for a second. All of a sudden, I thought I lost you. Uh, The way I see it, there are so many groups benefiting from this big pharma, commodities, government, the military, intelligence, and agribusiness like Monsanto. You know, they have aluminum-resistant seeds, and they also have, as I mentioned before, the genetically modified bee that can pollinate crops, and it's resistant to all pesticides. So, and also... Next time anyone flies in one of those budget airlines for $69, there's a chance the aircraft is carrying more than luggage. Do you think this is how they, these airlines are able to subsidize or get subsid, subsidies and, and charge so little for their tickets? Uh, yes, Mel, I do believe so. Um, there's a company by the name of Ryanair, and Ryanair is able to cut their um, ticket prices significantly, and they fly um, primarily in Europe. Yep. Um, but a lot of activists have reached out to me with videos and um, photographs 
of these planes spraying, of some of the sprayers malfunctioning, of the sprayers coming on and off, and and only one sprayer working, and all these different chemicals and fallouts from just that private airline. And if you think about it, if you've already got these planes flying over your airspace, and you're the military industrial complex that wants to fill these gaps because when there's a hole in the sky meaning a blue spot they want to be able to hit it and fill it pretty quick and easy to keep their agenda at foot you know so they have drones they have their own planes they have a fleet of drones massive fleet of drones but also by getting the private industry involved which i there's recent um, congressional hearing videos that I've seen about them talking about how lucrative the merger with the private sector for geoengineering actually is. Again, back to the money. But yeah, they can they can outfit these commercial planes that are going to be flying over that airspace already, and then by the flick of a switch um, from a ground-based station, the the pilot doesn't even have to know, and they can just turn the sprayers on and commit treason. <laughs> That was a question I had for you, and we have to take a one and only break shortly. But I wanted to ask you if these planes, the pilot, if it's equipped with chemtrails and the, the, the actual chemicals are in the cargo area, do they are they responsible for turning the switch on or off, or is that remotely controlled? I would say it's completely remote. I, I think a lot of people are kept, I know a lot of people are kept in the dark on this project, and that is one of the most confusing, staggering people who are new to it. They say, where are the whistleblowers? Why haven't I heard about this? If this program was so vast, everyone would be talking about it. Well, when you control the media and you control the dialogue and you control the narrative on the issue and you have everybody bickering over the fact that chemtrails are bogus, but geoengineering is the solution for the saving the world and This is the most important, and then we can take a break if you like. Um, I, I've been analyzing this, right, brother, every single day for three years. How can I stop this? How can I make an impact? How can I make a difference? Um, and the answer to a lot of people's questions on on how this can be going on, and and aren't don't the pilots know, and and who knows what, and who's spraying, and don't, why aren't they speaking out? It comes down to this very simple process. It's indoctrination, it's compartmentalization, and it's need-to-know basis. So everyone involved, even if you're in the private sector, you're indoctrinated, you're compartmentalized, and you're on a need-to-know basis. So no, I don't believe they're flipping the switches, and I do not think that they, most of them, I don't think that they even know what's going on. As I mentioned before, I have a relative who's the CEO of one of the largest regional airlines in the world, and some of the things that... He says pilots are not supposed to talk about, or if they may get fired, is, I saw a UFO, don't ask about what crashed at the Pentagon, and don't ask about chemtrails. And that's all he wants to say about that. But when we come back, folks, I want to ask Matt about two things I've seen lately, even from videos, and I've seen it myself with binoculars. Looking at these planes up in the sky, sometimes I don't see the plane. And sometimes we see an orb in front of it, but not a plane. And I think you've done research about this because you sent me a couple of videos a few weeks ago. But how can people learn more about your work, Matt, and also the upcoming conference here in Tucson? Um, thanks, Melon. Yeah, I'd love to, to speak to anything um, you want to talk about, especially the esoteric stuff like orbs. Um, my 
I have three websites. And also you can find me um, by my name, Matt Landman, L-A-N-D-M-A-N. That's my Facebook page. That's my YouTube. But my three websites, I have actualactivists.com. I have frankenskiesthemovie.com. And if you haven't seen Frankenskies the movie, please check it out. Please give it some, some time and energy. It's really important, especially for the next generation. But any being that breathes air... I think should see and recommend this film. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, frankenskies at gmail.com. And finally, um, stopgeoengineeringtucson.com that has all the information on the event, on the speakers, and on the experiment that David Keith is launching over the skies of Tucson, Arizona. And when we come back, we also will discuss health and how to circumvent, how to mitigate these effects on the population, which is definitely, folks, taking a toll. And if you don't think about it now, it may be too late later. I'm here with my special guest, Matt Lenman, directly from Sedona. Much more when we return. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the members section or subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and other great products. Thank you.